Come on, he's God Almighty. He's over all today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Feels good in the house of the Lord. Amen. Middle school class, you can be dismissed. God bless you as you go this morning. Thank you to our praise team for leading us into the presence of the Lord. So appreciative. Amen. Of the Spirit of God that moves among us. That song they just did, it it opens with Jesus is in this room. What an acknowledgement to make. When you acknowledge that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in the room, when we begin to lift him up, when we begin to praise him, there's something that begins to move in the room. And I have good news. If Jesus is in the room, and I acknowledge he is, I've already felt him here. If he's here, anything can happen here this morning. If you need healing, you can get your healing. If you need deliverance, you can get deliverance. If you need a financial miracle, you can gain that in the presence of the King of Kings this morning. Going to Luke chapter number 12. Gospel of Luke chapter 12. Amen. Appreciate those that are in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. The atmosphere has been set for the ministry. Luke chapter 12 and verse 49. Jesus speaking, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it already be kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how I am straightened till it be and how I am straightened till it be accomplished. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on the earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. Another version puts those same verses this way. I have come to start a fire on this earth. How I wish it were already blazing right now. I have come to change everything, turn everything right side up. How I long for it to be finished. Do you think I came to smooth things over and make everything nice? Not so. Jesus says, I've come to disrupt and confront. Sometimes we get the wrong thinking of why he shows up in situations. This morning we're speaking from our series titled, The Disruptors. I wonder if you pray with me right now. Thank you, Jesus. God, I sense, Lord, that you are here, as the song says, in this room right now, Lord, ministering to your people, God. Your spirit is here in great measure, Lord. God, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where your spirit is, God, anything can happen, Lord. We acknowledge that this morning, God, what is impossible for us, God, is completely possible for you, Lord. We put ourselves into your hands, God, to do what you need and to do what you desire in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, bless your word again. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated this morning. We are on week two of our series titled The Disruptors. Last week we talked about Satan as the disruptor. We talked about the fact that he disrupts not to disrupt, not to just bring chaos, not to mess things up, but Satan disrupts with intentions to destroy. And this week we're talking about Jesus as a disruptor. 
But before we get too far into the message this morning, there's something that I think is imperative for us to understand as a people of God. It is this. If you would listen up right now, Satan disrupts with intentions to destroy. He is your enemy. But Jesus disrupts with intentions to deliver. He is your friend. You see, we need to realize that motivation is everything. Intention is everything. In fact, the motivation, the motive lets you know whether they are friend or foe. Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, English Standard says a thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But then he says, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The PWL translation or the Peter Wayne Long translation says this, the thief disrupts to kill, steal, and destroy, but I disrupt to deliver. You see, there might be some things going on in your life right now that you've kind of misunderstood what the purpose is and what the intention is, and I can tell you if Satan's in it, the intention is to destroy. But if Jesus is in it, the intention is to deliver. The intention is to rescue and to save. If you'll remember last week, the definition of disruptor, Webster's defines it as a person or thing that interrupts an event, interrupts an activity or a process by causing a disturbance. And as a rule, nobody likes to have their life disturbed by a disruptor. For the most part, we like things to remain undisrupted in our cozy life. We, we like things to be kind of tried and true. We enjoy the regular routine. We, we enjoy what we are comfortable in. But as we cruise through life sometimes without even a second thought, we need to know that there is one that is watching out for us as sons and daughters. There is one looking down from heaven. There is one living in the inside of us that is watching every step that we take. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is watching out for you because it is his desire that you be delivered. It's his desire that you be saved. It's his desire that you be rescued from eternal damnation. The scripture tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 that it is not his will that any would perish or that any would be lost, but that all would be saved or delivered. So he, Jesus, he'll do whatever is necessary for us to be saved. Our text said, I've come to start a fire on earth. It says, I wish it were already blazing now. I've come to change everything, to turn everything right side up. Let's acknowledge that the world is turned upside down right now. And for it to be turned back the way that God desires it to be, he's going to have to upset some things. He's going to have to disrupt some things. He's going to have to walk in and be an interruption to some things that Satan has going on in the earth. He says, he says you think I came to smooth things over and to make everything nice. He says, I want you to know that's not true. I've come to disrupt and I've come to confront. Because quite frankly, that's, what needed for, that's what's needed for my will to be accomplished. Let me tell you something this morning. Jesus didn't come to sustain the status quo. 
Jesus didn't come to retain our routine. He he didn't come for us to just kind of continue in the customs that we already know. He didn't come so he could just maintain mediocrity. No, no, Jesus came to shake things up. Jesus came to disturb. Jesus came to disrupt. But most of all, Jesus came to deliver. You see, we need to understand as a people of God that Jesus will do what what he needs to do to get done what needs to be done. Let me say that again. Jesus will do what he needs to do to get done what needs to get done. And sometimes that means being a disruptor. As you study the life of Jesus, you'll find that he never let anything stand in the way of his mission. Let's go ahead and look some of the instances where Jesus appears as a disruptor. First of all, Jesus is a disruptor to the system. Those who were part of the ancient Jewish religious system, they thought that they were superior to everyone else. They thought that they had kind of a lock on salvation for themselves. To the religious elite, Jesus was a threat to their religious system. He pointed out the hypocrisy that was connected with their practices. He, he, as long as everything looks good, as long as the religion appears good on the outside, everything must be good. That was the thinking. But in Matthew chapter 23, verses 26 through 28, Jesus speaking, he says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which was in the cup and the platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, he says, for you are likened unto whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are as dead man's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so you as outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. These are the religious elite of the day. These were the holy people that he was addressing here. He's saying, you know what, you look like you have it all together on the outside, but quite honestly, you're a hypocrite. He says, quite honestly, you're full of iniquity. Jesus called them out, and they got angry about it. It was from that mo- those moments on that they began to plan his eventual crucifixion on Calvary's cross. Jesus described them as whitened sepulchers on the outside, but inside as dead men's bones. In other places, he called them vipers. These elites, they practice a religion that brought about no real change in the heart of men. But you see, that doesn't stand up to Jesus, because that's not his desire. He didn't come so he could remain the same. He didn't come so everything could be just as it was. He didn't come so he could remain sinners. No, he came so we could have life and so that we could have it more abundantly. So Jesus desires to change this system for all of humanity, this dead and dry and tradition and custom-filled religious system. Jesus becomes a disruptor to that system. Why? Because Jesus was more concerned with revival than he was with religion. Jesus was a disruptor to the social norms of the day. Every culture has those rules that people are expected to fall in line with. It was no different for ancient Israel. The the Samaritans, they were considered less than the Jewish people. Yet Jesus talked with the Samaritan woman at length at Jacob's well, expanding to her on true worship and, and future salvation. 
the lepers, they were unclean. They were not to be touched. They were cast outside the camp. Yet we find Jesus touching the lepers and healing the lepers. The religious would never talk to a sinner. Yet they were the ones Jesus enjoyed being with the most. These people would never allow themselves to be seen with publicans or tax collectors, what was considered the enemies of the people. Yet Jesus sat down and ate dinner with them. Matthew 9, 10 to 12, And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat at the house, Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. They weren't put off by Jesus. They got their sandwich and they shared the lunch table with him. And he welcomed them to be there. But verse 11, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, notice they didn't ask him about it. They had already been down that road. Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. You think you have it all together. But these people that are sitting with me at dinner, they know they need something more. They've already realized in their spirit that they don't have it all together. They've already realized that they don't have salvation. They've already realized that they need help getting to a heavenly I wonder if we could just acknowledge this morning that where we are right now, we can't do it on our own. We can't make heaven by ourselves. We're not righteous enough in this human shell. They realized that we needed something more, and Jesus became more interested in people than he was interested in politics. Jesus was a disruptor to their Sabbath. Jesus keeps destroying their traditions one by one. One after another, the Sabbath was a day of rest. Nothing was allowed to be done on the Sabbath. They had to follow the letter of the law. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 10, and he being Jesus was teaching one day in the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could not in no wise lift herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her unto him and said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. That's like us being here this morning. And we're having service, Brother Keith. We're acknowledging the presence of God. We're talking about what God can do in a life. We're talking about the change that he can bring. We're talking about how he can transform a sinner to the righteous. We're talking about all these great things, and all of a sudden the sick comes in the back door. And we're not to acknowledge it. We're not to... But you see, Jesus sees through all the stuff. He looks through all the junk and he says, Hugh, he says, you're sick. You need something greater than everyone that's gathered here. I want, I want you to know you can be loose from your infirmity today. And he laid his hands on her and he healed her. You would think that. Why are we applauding this morning? Because it would seem that that was good. But if that happens, that's like me sitting on the front row and saying, well, why was this done on such a holy day? Jesus wasn't going to have any of that. 
Jesus came to be the disruptor to that kind of system. Jesus saw a need and he said, I'm going to supply the need. Jesus was more concerned with people than he was with policy. Jesus didn't mind being a disruptor if he had to disrupt to meet a need. Jesus was a disruptor to the synagogue. They were at the synagogue. It was business as usual. It was Sunday service just like today. Customs and chaos and cash. That's what it was back then. That is until Jesus showed up. In Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast them out that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief, listen to this, this astounds me, this verse. Verse 15, And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, Wonderful things. And children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased. They saw the wonderful things that he was doing. They saw the lame walking. They saw the blind seeing. They saw the deaf hearing. And this displeased them. That's why Jesus, Brother Neil, had to disrupt this kind of system. They saw the wonderful things and they were displeased. It, it says, uh, that says a lot of people, uh, a lot about these people to me. What about you? The fact that these wonderful things that Jesus did displeased them says a lot about their attitude and about their character and about their motive. Jesus thought compassion was, uh, was more important than cash. Jesus is a disruptor to sickness. Jesus would heal the sick on a regular basis. Jesus has the power to do the impossible. You and I acknowledge that in this house this morning. He said the things which are impossible with men, they are possible with God. Scripture records for us the powerful work of Jesus. He heals the nobleman's son in John 4. He heals Simon's mother-in-law, Matthew 8. The healing of the leper in Matthew chapter, uh, Mark chapter 1. The healing of the paralytic in Mark chapter 9. The man at the Bethsaida pool in John chapter 5. The man with the withered hand is healed in Matthew chapter 12. The centurion's servant is healed in Luke chapter 7. The woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9. The two blind men in Matthew chapter 9. The daughter of the Canaanite in Mark chapter 4. The deaf man with the impediment in Mark chapter 7. The blind man at Bethsaida in Mark chapter 8. The epileptic boy in Mark chapter 9. The man born blind in John 9. The woman bent double we just read about in Luke 13. The man with dropsy in Luke 14. Lazarus in John chapter 11. Anybody getting kind of a pattern of what Jesus does when he comes into a room? It's not to let things remain the same. It's not to let things stay as they were. But he reaches out his hand. He speaks the word. Whatever needs to be done, he does it. And all of a sudden, in just one moment of time, someone's life is transformed. And they go from being sick to being healed. Jesus' power has not diminished in any way. He still does the impossible today. In fact, I feel faith in the room right now. It could happen before we leave this house this morning. Somebody could be completely healed of their infirmity. Somebody could be completely delivered of their addiction. God is here this morning, and he wants to disrupt these situations. Jesus is a disruptor to the storm. 
Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, And when he, Jesus, was entered into the ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves. But he, being Jesus, was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, for we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying no matter what storm you find yourself in this morning, you have one that can step out in the bow of your boat and can disrupt the storm and can mess up those weather patterns and cause there to be a great calm to come in your life. All power in heaven and earth belongs to Jesus Christ, and he's just looking to disrupt your storm this morning. Jesus is a disruptor to service. Don't get me wrong, I love to come to service. I'd be disapp- but I'd be disappointed if Jesus didn't show up. I love you folks. It's a privilege to pastor. But I sure would be disappointed if it was just you and I here. Why? Because I can't make any lasting change. You can't make any lasting change on your own. We need Jesus. We need the King of kings and we need the Lord of lords to be the one that is the author of this lasting change in our life. You need to understand when Jesus shows up to service, it changes the atmosphere. When Pastor Long walks in, nothing changes. When Brother John walks in, nothing changes. When Brother Brandon walks in, nothing changes. But when Jesus walks in, everything changes. The atmosphere changes. In Luke, Jesus shows up at a stagnant and a stale service. Everything was going on as it always had until Jesus showed up. Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as the custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He just got up and he got ready, got dressed. He put on his Sunday best and he went to church. The scripture says, and he stood up for to read. Up to this point, everything is going the same. The song service had already happened. They already had the prayer request. Brother Keith had already opened the service. It was just status quo as usual. But it says in verse 17, And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. No doubt this passage from the Old Testament had been read many times in the synagogue. But the disruptor's there today. He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister. He sat down and all eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Suddenly what was just a story on parchment became reality right before their eyes. The Messiah that they had been prophesied. The Messiah that they had been told about. The one that they said would appear without them even knowing that this Messiah, he was in service this day with them. Service as usual was not okay with Jesus. So Jesus dips, disrupts it and he makes this change. 
You see, just going through the motions is not okay with God. Just being a spectator is not okay with God. Just going through the custom is not okay with God. Just being in service is not okay with God. Just doing your duty is not okay with God. He's saying when you come to service, I want you to know when I'm in the room, something's going to take place. There's going to be transformation that is going to happen because I am there. Oh, I feel the presence of God here this morning. We can't just go through the motions and expect things to happen. We need to acknowledge that Jesus is in this room. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus shows up for another service. This is a little more solemn. Very serious. It says in verse 11 that it came to pass the day after that he went to the city called Nain. And many of his disciples were with him and much people. Now when he came nigh into the gate of this city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. This is how they had their service back then. The only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city were with her. And when the Lord saw her, he didn't just get in with the mourners, Brother Keith. He didn't just start doing what was expected in that situation. When he saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, weep not. This is an odd request at your son's funeral. But why? Because he knew when he showed up that this situation, it was going to be transformed. And he came and touched the the buyer. And they that bear him, and it stood still. He come up, and he touched the casket, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead set up and began to speak, and he delivered him to his mother. Jesus is disruptor, and he brings things that are dead back to life. He brings dead services back to life when he walks in the middle of them. I'm grateful that Jesus, the disruptor, is here this morning. As the musicians come back this morning, there's one more thing in closing, if you would allow me to share with you. Jesus is a disruptor of Satan. He's a disruptor of the other disruptor. You see, after Calvary, Satan thought that he had defeated Jesus. After all, there were thousands of witnesses that day that watched the crucifixion happen. They heard the words, it is finished. They watched the veil in the temple be ripped from top to bottom. They watched as they took his body away and buried it in a sealed tomb. Satan thought that was it. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. But three days later, the stone that sealed up the tomb, it was gone. Why look for you for the living among the dead, the angel says. You see, you need to understand the disruptor goes directly from his tomb into the halls of hell and disrupts the devil that day. I'm here for something that belongs to me. I believe you've got a set of keys that belong to me. Come on, why don't you go ahead and just reach over and grab off the hook by the door the keys to death, hell, and the grave because they belong to me. They're not your 
yours anymore. I'm going to do something right now that's never been done before. He says, I'm going to bring dead things back to life. I'm going to bring sick bodies back to health. I'm going to bring addicts back to a place of freedom and liberty. When he grabbed the keys and became a disruptor to Satan, that day he changed everything for you and for me. As we stand this morning, we read about this in the book of Revelation. Jesus makes this declaration in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of I don't know what Jesus needs to disrupt to deliver you today. Maybe it is a system that he needs to disrupt. Maybe it's an intense storm that's been going on in your life that he needs to step out and disrupt. Maybe it's sickness that he needs to disrupt. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's even this service this morning you kind of got distracted and he comes a distraction so he can deliver us. Or maybe it's just the enemy of your soul, Satan, that you need deliverance from today. It doesn't really matter because Jesus is so interested in saving you that the disruptor will do whatever needs to be done to make that happen this morning. He's proven that he's willing to do whatever. He'll step out in the middle of custom and tradition, and he doesn't care who's looking at him. He says, I'm here because my desire is that people will become delivered. He'll go in the middle of those that are sick. You look at it in Scripture. There's those that are sick for 40 years, for 10 years, for 2 years, all kind. It didn't matter. It didn't stop him. If he stepped out to disrupt it, the sickness ceased. He can do that here this morning. So it really doesn't matter what's going on in your life. The great disruptor, Jesus, he wants to deliver you this morning. Lord, I thank you for your presence and your spirit. You are indeed, God, our deliverer, Lord. You are our redeemer, God. You are our Messiah, our Savior, Lord. We are so grateful this morning. God, I pray, Lord, God, as we acknowledge your presence in this room, Jesus, God, that you would disrupt those things in our life, God, that have taken hold, God, and we thought that we had to live there. We thought it would be a part of our life for the duration, God. We we thought this was all there was, God, but you step out this morning to disrupt those things, God, to disturb those things, God, and to ultimately deliver us, God, and we thank you for it. As we step out in faith this morning, God, believing that your word is true, God, believing that you can do the impossible, God, believing that our faith reaches heaven's throne this morning, God, we throw ourselves onto your mercy, onto your grace, God. God, I pray, Lord, God, your presence that is in this room, God, begins to disrupt things one by one, God, until we are all delivered, until every need is met, God, and everything is taken care of. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. I wonder if you'd join me here at the altar this morning. I wonder if you present whatever needs disrupted in your life to God this morning. We've given all the examples that are in Scripture. We could give dozens more, but they're here, and God wants to disrupt it for you.
promise of these yet to come. Oh, God, come on, move there into these situations today, God. Born for our salvation. Step into the middle of a storm this morning Jesus. and command peace to be still. 